hearing about that later on. I can't wait. The show might be I'll full bring, of surprises. I'll bring you up to speed on it. It's gonna be full of surprises today. Oh, that red bar. That that sad red bar. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Losers Lounge. Let's, Let's go. go. How do we do this? <laughs> I guess it's like that. What's the mood? Um, first of all, let me just from the top. Shout out to the sickos, man. If you're watching this Losers Lounge at 11 o'clock Mountain you. Time, we one, love you. we absolutely love you. Two, you are a real one. Real one. An absolute real one. Not a Three, phony. maybe reevaluate some of your life choices. <laughs> no, 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 no. We Just love the a sickos. couple of them. We love the sickos. Nuggets fall. I'll put the nuggets in air quotes here. The nuggets fall. Oh, man, I never get the final score because I always close my laptop. 116-103. 116-103. They fall to the... Uh, talk, you talk about page. it like it's an algebra problem. <laughs> it's because every time I close it like this and then it takes it and then I'm wrong. 116-103. Uh, the Nuggets lose. Clippers play their starters for a little bit. Nuggets played their bench. Then they went deep into their bench. And guess what? There are some surprise standouts to get to tonight. Not guys we thought we'd be getting to. To help me break it all down. I've got the founder of Jurassic Park himself. Yeah. Welcome in, everyone. I, you're doing the hat again. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm right. trying to find something out of nothing. This is not my water. That's my big takeaway. Really? <laughs> and I already sipped it. Yeah, so just drink it, man. You can have it. Here. Uh, over here, Harrison wins. Shout out to the Avs. 82-0 on the table for the Colorado Avalanche. In true, We were watching that while watching this preseason game tonight. In true Avs beat uh, uh, fashion, I went to them. I was like, 82-0? They're like, we don't want that. I was like, what's the record? 60 wins. We don't want them to do that. So apparently it's bad. <laughs> That's such a hockey thing. It is such a hockey Like yeah. They need to lose. Oh, we would love it. Yeah, we, we would love, love it. Yeah. Um, and then over there, Superstar Dev. We're all sickos. If we're all here right now, we're all... All sickos. Yeah. Nowhere I'd rather be. <laughs> Even <laughs> us here on the panel are I'm going to give you three places, and you tell me if you'd really rather not be <laughs> no, there. Nowhere right. uh, Aruba. Guys, fast Sorry. break okay. breakdown coming up right now. I don't know if you guys remember way back at the beginning of this game, but Julian Strother was the best player on a court that featured Kawhi Leonard. ESPN even put up a graphic that had his stats and Kawhi's next to each other. Strother dominating every category. He was actually really good and really impressive once again in the first he quarter here. He locked up Kawhi Leonard on one possession in the first quarter tonight. And his confidence like just keeps getting higher and higher. His confidence is through the roof. Um, Pickett, once again, played more minutes than Colin Gillespie. I thought maybe this would be a game they would flip it. Does not appear to be the case. Every game, Colin has, or, uh, Pickett has been the number one guy. Colin didn't come in until much later in the game. And... Superstar Dev cashes his bet. 25-25 oh, yeah. at the end of the first quarter. The Nuggets cover the two and a half. Or what do you call it? What's the other one? They, co they, yeah, covered they covered it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's seen it coming, man. They were just going <laughs> to come out and play extremely hard and, and yeah. battle. And that's what they did early on. I can't believe you hit that That's why right. Dev handles that segment. That is why he handles <laughs> that segment. I can't believe I and ever I doubted him. Go, that bet, me, a person yeah, who's never won totally. a bet, yeah. I always go, that doesn't sound right to he me. He must be wrong uh, this time. Yeah, yeah. And then what? we start the show the same way. Uh, Hunter had a couple nice uh, buckets to start the second quarter. He had a pull-up that was actually a really nice, impressive, dynamic pull-up and uh, kind of a little like seven-footer. And then he had a fast break that was pretty impressive as well, although Robert Covington wasn't trying that hard, but it was still impressive. Um, Calvin sat down on the play-by-play. Clarified a couple things. We'll talk about that later in the show. Starting lineup, came back in. The Clippers built a lead. So this was a really good game all the way until the final six minutes of the second period. Clippers go up 10. Um, I thought Reggie had some tough shots. He hit some tough shots. 
R- R- Reggie throughout the preseason to me has taken tough ones and made some of them. And that's kind of been the, the Reggie Jackson story. Maybe that is the Reggie Jackson story. Mm-hmm. 56-49 Clippers at the half, third quarter. It's a rout. Uh, Peyton had a couple nice drive and dropouts. Uh, drop-offs. I thought Peyton Watson actually had some plays that popped a lot in this game, especially in the third quarter. Nuggets were, though, in the third quarter, absolutely wrecked. Bones Highland, who had a very bad first half, he started to cook in that second half, man. He really got going, looked comfortable, and nobody could do anything with him. It was 91-72 Clippers. Fourth quarter, we had... Tell me some of the guys who were out there. Your boy, Brima. Brima, Brima looked good. Brima you, looked you good. Been like high, you've been high on him. Yeah, you're, he's, you've been singing his praises. I mean, I just know which one he is every time. Every time he's out there, I know <laughs> the, which one he is. The tall one. The tall one. Um, yeah, so that was that. End of bench guys, we might talk about them a little bit. They're mostly Grand Rapids gold guys, but you know we'll talk about some some of it here and there. All right, let's start us off, Dev. Big takeaway. So my big takeaway was uh, this game was a lot of what you expected. Um, the Nuggets sat all their guys, so they had to go against um, the Clippers uh, starting unit. And while they started out the game playing extremely you know tough and, and close, mm-hmm. that was going to change. You yeah. know, like that they the Clippers. They had the better players in this one, um, but I, I feel like you got a long um, leash for a lot of guys, and you got to see um, what you wanted. And while it didn't go good, I think that that's what you needed to see if you're a coach. Um, I, I mean, I definitely feel like there was some stuff to, to glean from this game, so I'm with you. And they did get that's what this game was all about. Wind, yeah. your big takeaway. My big takeaway is the bench is still very, very concerning. That's Olipop. Yeah, Olipop. Another big takeaway from tonight. <laughs> okay. The bench is very, very concerning. I feel like we did learn a lot about it. I think there is some clarity there. Um, but part of that takeaway is that Braxton Key had 14 points, 10 rebounds, yeah. and two blocks tonight in 19 minutes. And I know he's only six foot eight. Is R- he? Right now, I would take him over Zeke Naji at backup center. <laughs> is, is Braxton Key the best backup center on the Nuggets roster? I mean, I'm joking a little bit, but he was impressive tonight. I have heard some really good r- rumors about him just from people close to the team. I heard them going back into the offseason. I heard them at training camp. He has been impressive behind closed doors, and he's been solid. In the preseason. He's on a two-way contract. I don't think there's anything, like, unbelievable there. But I think there's a chance he could be, you know, an end, a very end-of-the-rotation type of guy. There might be a little something there with Braxton Key. And I thought he was one of the standouts tonight. I mean, he was probably the, the standout of all the players tonight. It might have been him that stood out the most. So with you, we're going to spend a lot more time on him. Yeah. What's your big takeaway? Mine is that... You know, I'll be interested to hear what you guys thought on, you know, initial watch to what extent we rewatched Strother's game. I put in the round table that before we really draw conclusions, it's probably important to see him struggle a little bit. What does it look like when Strother doesn't play his A plus game? How does he respond? Why did he struggle? Very good first quarter tonight. Kind of interesting just to look at, okay, this is a game where he finally doesn't shoot well from the field three of 11. Yeah. So what did he contribute? And I did think there were some. Moments where he looked pretty comfortable with the ball on the floor. Um, did get two assists, a steal. But since game one for Strother, in game one, Strother filled up the res- the rebound column. He did a lot of everything. Since then, it's been a little bit more sh- contingent upon the shot. Just something to keep an eye on. I'm not pumping the brakes or anything. But just as we, because he's clearly so good, we want to learn everything about this guy. And 
this was the first real Strother doesn't light it up game. So maybe mm-hmm. there's something to learn there. I think one of the things that really stands out about the preseason is that guys are almost never going up against the caliber of opponent that they will be going up against. The second unit often playing against third <laughs> units. You know, first unit off, often going up against second units and so on and so forth. This was kind of the first chance to see a lot of these guys up, not down. Yeah. You know, right. playing up a level. Oh, now you're going against the Clippers as starters. So I think that's part of it. And you're right, 27 minutes tonight without a rebound. Um, and really the stats were pretty thin overall for Julian Strother. 12 points, 2 assists, 1 steal. That being said... I still kind of liked what I saw from yeah, him. Yeah, like, totally, totally. I yeah. still felt like... He still continued to look the part, that's which it. he has this entire preseason. He looks like he belongs. Um, I, th- I think that's it. Um, my takeaway is different guys have looked good throughout this preseason. I thought this was a good game for Hunter Tyson. He had some moments to that, yeah. that reminded me of Summer League. He sure. had moments that were like, oh, there sure. it is again. He looks... Like when his shot is balanced and stuff, he actually has a very good... Just balance to his game. He get some of the pull ups he had today. I was like, man, that looks smooth. It yeah. looks like there's something there. Um, Peyton Watson was very up and down to me. You know, we're gonna get into him, but he had some plays to me that I'm like, man, that's really special. And then he had a lot of plays that it's like, you can't play that. That's unplayable. Uh, and then Braxton Key, I'm with you. And to me, this if you just didn't know anything about any of these guys, their age, where they were picked, what their contracts look like, you'd probably look at him and be like, so that's the guy that plays, right? You know, he yeah. looked like the guy that was a player. So for me. This was a really nice game for the starters to get fully out of the way. So we're not even comparing them, you know, right, this or that. Right. And it's like, get fully out of the way and let's evaluate. And I feel like my evaluation of the preseason and of the bench and of the deep bench, I feel like it's more or less complete. We get one more game. I think that's going to be a dress rehearsal. We might not get a ton of minutes from the end of bench guys, the Hunters, the Jalens, the Collins. We yeah. might not, Braxton's, we might not see those guys very much, if at all, in this next one. So now I just feel like my analysis is more or less complete. I mean, it's incomplete long term, but it's complete <laughs> going into next week. You might not like it, but it's complete. Correct. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the position battles are over. You know, like the the competition for the consequential ones, yeah, yeah, the competition for who's going to be on the second unit that was run through the first four games of the preseason. Like that's happened, right? Um, now you have to make a decision on who your second unit is on opening night. I will say one of my favorite parts, though, Dev. One of my favorite parts of tonight on the timeline, I saw so many. Man, the Clippers look good. I don't know, man. I'm sitting here thinking, like, <laughs> no, guys, what are we? Did. I swear to God, I did. You no. did. I saw, I saw like a lot of momentum for like Clippers really look like it. I'm like, guys, what are we doing, man? Name three players on the Nuggets roster that no. are on the court right now. There's no way anybody. You know, in the first half, I kept thinking, man, the Clippers love bad shots. They love <laughs> bad shots. They um, do, though. Do you think people saw like Reggie and DeAndre Jordan and all the other Clippers and just like they were counting all of them? <laughs> So both teams were scoring. And no, like, they just yeah, looked score. like they always do. They just looked at the the final score. They looked yeah. at the the box score. They're like this was a blowout. Like no, if you really watch this game, like most sickos did, you would see that that was not a really good team. And while the end result, you know, says that it was a a, a sl- like a solid win, that was not good basketball from from them. Paul George played really well. And Paul George prob- is dope, but that, but that's probably what it is. You know, you see Paul George cooking, and you're like, "Oh, clip show." But is yeah. is Paul George the lamest player I stand? Who's the lamest player you stand? I think I, Paul George I, is legitimately good. I think, I think good. Paul George has come 
I think Paul George has come around. Yeah. It's because his podcast. Yes. <laughs> it's his yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yes. No, it's not. It's, it's his podcast clips. It's because he has a great social media yeah. editor. Yeah. The clips come around and you kind of like think them. Paul. I think Paul George had his high rise, his fall from Greece, and I think he's returned from his fall from Greece. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually agree. Who's the lamest, he's rehabbed his image a bit. Who's the lamest player you stand? Um... Like not you don't have to fully stand, but just a guy that you're like, come on, guys. I mean, Jose Alvarado. <laughs> you stand, Jose Alvarado. I, ha- I have to on principle, <laughs> so that's probably that one. <laughs> Who do you got, Dev? Mine is probably Westbrook. <laughs> you, you're a Westbrook oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, it's a guy. He's got to be Westbrook. Westbrook. It was OJ Mayo. No, OJ fly- Mayo for sure. <laughs> Westbrook had one flying layup tonight where he went to his left, oh, yeah. and Dev goes. Is he back? He, he <laughs> has to be back. The way he started that game, I say, yo, he might be electric again. <laughs> Who's the latest player you stand? Uh, I don't know, man. Dev probably knows, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yeah. Joe Harris. I have like a Jake Lehman phase. I don't really know sure. what's going on there. <laughs> He's definitely just not even not even in the NBA, not even in Europe, just probably out of basketball. These are all now. comps. <laughs> These are all comps. Dev, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew Dev would know. Oh my goodness! Oh, well, hmm. one name none of you guys said was Braxton Matt, Key. Matt, Matt Ryan. I was probably. just going to ask what team. He's yeah, on Matt there. Ryan. Well, he's on the Timberwolves, of course. Oh, yeah. I stand Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan stand Jokic, and so like anybody that rides with Jokic, I, I ride with them. <laughs> um, you guys, Braxton Key though is the surprise player to me. I mean, we put the headline, you know, the surprise player, and I'm sure people are like, oh, I can't wait to find out it's Braxton Key. I apologize. It's it's. Uh, I don't think people will be too excited. But I I thought in every game he has done some stuff where it looks good. He's got a big – I mean, first of all, it's just the build. 6'8". I can't believe they list him at 6'8". Doesn't he look way bigger than that? Way bigger. Well, have you sized him up yet? I haven't, <laughs> sized, I haven't sized him up yet. Then we don't know. We don't know. But he does look bigger than 6'8". He plays bigger than 6'8". He's very mobile for as big as he is. And then tonight, it's just like he just did a lot of stuff. I mean, he only played 19 minutes. He was the only player who was a positive tonight. Played uh, 19 minutes, was a plus three. He had 14 points, 10 rebounds, one assist, two blocks, five of seven shooting, four of five from the line. Like, you go all the way through the through it. I mean, uh, he just, he's looked good, and he looks like he makes an impact. Yeah. I, I was kidding a little bit when I said he's the best backup center because he's a four. I don't think he's a five. <laughs> um, but I think he'd do a better job at backup center than a couple guys Nuggets have on their roster right now. Uh, he's strong. He's big. He just kind of plays within himself. He knows his game. He's not a shooter, but no. you know he can use his muscle and get to the rim. He can rebound, obviously. Ten off, ten rebounds, three offensive rebounds. Uh, he just kind of knows his role. Seems like a smart player. Again, I, I don't think the Nuggets have like found a gem here. I don't think he's gonna someday become a top eight rotation guy. But he looks like an NBA player, and he looks like a guy who can hang around the league for a while. He's on a two-way contract, and I know just talking to people around the team, the Nuggets are excited about him. You know, they're intrigued with the guy he could become. So I, I think he's he's interesting. Are we sure? This is a real take. I'm not actually just being provocative. You say six eight, not really a center. Are we sure the power forward minutes are locked up? And just, I'm serious, Justin Holiday's 6'7". Uh, Peyton Watson's about 6'8". Neither one of them have been tremendous rebounders. Watson looks a little... So I'm not saying this is my preference. This is likely. But let's... Is it fully off the table that Braxton Key can't be the four? 
for that second unit? I think it's a broader discussion. We I have it to, for us to talk about later about just how much should Denver play the guys that make the most impact in the moment versus how much do they need to develop? Because he is 26 years old. I mean, maybe there is you know a wisdom too. If you have a good two way player, you might be able to sign him to a real deal or something like that, and then you just have a cheap because it's not like you're signing for a ton of money if he does work out. So maybe there is something to that. But I just have a sense that the team wants the other guys to make it over him. I so agree. I just I, I think it would I think there is a hard path there. But nonetheless, when you sign a two way guy, you know I've talked about this before, but there are two types of two way guys. There's guys that you have that can just plug in in case there's an injury, and then there's guys that you hope can be long term. I think he is probably, as all of the two-way guys are, more, there's an injury, bring him up. Of course. But at the same time, he does look like, if you just ask me, based solely on the four preseason games, who's the most ready? I mean, he's on a short list of guys. Strother, number one. Braxton Key might be right there, number two, in terms of guys that consistently look like they know what to do. Yeah, it's it's good for me to see a Braxton that I can root for, because there was like Braxton on the Jamie Foxx show, and then there's Tony Braxton, who I was yeah. like infatuated with. Mm. So like to find a middle ground um, is Tyrone great. Braxton. Who? No, no idea who that is. But um, <laughs> but like really, is is you just talked about impact? Um, Braxton Key is always at the right spot. He does a lot of the things. Like he's really productive every single time that he's on the floor. He knows where to be. One of his finishes today was insane. Like mm-hmm. you talk about if you just took everything off, like numbers you know name and things like that. you would have thought if you were just a person looking you would have been like peyton watson is the the guy that you're going after in this game that has to be peyton watson because he just makes like popping plays he he just stands out in different ways and he has what nine rebounds in this game he could have more um ten. Or 10 rebounds in this game he could have more double double in short minutes and that's while still trying to like earn your way, so like I feel like he solidified himself as like a spot that you could just throw in there at times. And here's something I do know: Michael Malone really likes Braxton Key. Yeah, yeah. Michael Malone likes how ready and solid and consistent Braxton Key is. And I I would agree with you. The Nuggets want Peyton Watson to play this year. Front office wants him to have a spot in that rotation. But I do know Mike Malone really likes Braxton Key. So we know how it goes, right? So you say, okay, what if there's an injury? But if there's an injury and then there's a two and a half week stretch where Braxton Key looks really good, yeah. does he get a month or whatever? Right. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. actually not unprecedented even for a two-way guy with the Nuggets. It's not optimal. Right. I agree that there are other outcomes you you are more hopeful happen. But you know, has Justin Holiday looked tremendous? No. Is he similarly sized to Braxton Key? Yes. Do you feel great about Peyton Watson? I would say to this point, no. So it's just something to keep an eye on. I mean, it's not the they're they're gonna be small with that four regardless, and at least Braxton Key rebounds. Yeah. So Yeah, and you keep on asking the question of like, or you made a comment of like the backup center. Braxton Key is not a, a center. Well, neither is Zeke Naji. You know, like, point. That's and a good one point. of them is bringing like rebounds, at least like one person is um, making it tough out there. And he's also playing extremely hard the entire time. Like, right. Braxton's right. key, he feels like he really does belong, belong. And he's been showing that in the very limited minutes where you don't have to tell his story every single time that he's out there because he's just playing hard and he's doing it himself. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. Uh, one other note about Braxton Key. He has a little bit of that Christian Brown to him. What's Say that? less, man. Say <laughs> less. Somebody call, call him. Say less. <laughs> uh, he won a championship at Oak Hill Academy. National championship. Oh, in prep school. He won a national championship for Virginia. 
Mm. A little bit of a built-in winner here. He's just everywhere he go. Oh, he has. Oh, he also has. I know it's a funny one. G League championship. Not funny to me. He has a G League uh, championship. This guy's Three a winner. He's a winner. He's a little bit of a winner. So you know, and honestly, in all sincerity, I do think that this front office values that. I mean, I think they weigh it very little, but I do think they look at it and go to play Denver style. Like there's something about role players that are on winning teams. They, they definitely had to learn value something. It. Yeah. So Braxton Key. Winner, and uh, honestly, one of the big winners of preseason. And he also plays like a winner. Yeah, for sure. And, and like that's kind of what I was trying to get to, but yeah. I, I didn't know it. But he plays within himself. He plays the right way. He plays winning basketball. Yeah. He doesn't make mistakes. He he plays like a winner. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We can only do... Are I, you Braxton sure? Key, I've got three and a half. I, I love Braxton Key. I'm excited right. for him. But I also some know what the people want. Yeah, we got to save some more time. Player. On the other side, though... You know who else had a nice game tonight? Hunter. Big we haven't talked a lot about Hunter. He Big had a good one tonight. Bucket Hunter. <laughs> um, guys, I want to tell you about College Invest, uh, one of our new partners here at DNVR. It's important to start saving for college early, and you need a plan just in case your child doesn't land an athletic scholarship, which my future child definitely will not. Uh, College Invest makes it super easy with flexible saving plans. Uh, Look, it's important to start saving for college as soon as possible. College Invest, they make it super easy. You'll benefit from a Colorado tax deduction. Saving can also be used for trade schools and apprenticeships nationwide, if that's the route that your child chooses to go. Open your account at collegeinvest.org. Go to that website, collegeinvest.org. Super easy to set up. Start saving for college today. And uh, it's something that you want to start doing as soon as possible. So when your kid graduates high school and they don't get the college scholarship, you're not like, oh, man, I never backup plan. Uh, start saving now. Collegeinvest.org. What about if your kid's a huge Colorado Rapids fan? Or maybe you are and you don't have any kids. Kids are actually not central to this read at all. Just working on my segues. The Colorado Rapids Fan Appreciation Night is coming up. Tickets are on sale now for the final Colorado Rapids home game of the 2023 season. It's on October 21. They're playing against those longtime rivals, Real Salt Lake. So be there. Let let the hate out, bro. Let the hate out. Uh, Throughout the game, the Rapids will be thanking their fans for their support with giveaways, celebrations, and more. It's not too late. Secure your ticket now. Head over to coloradorapids.com slash dnvr to learn more and buy your tickets today. today um all right back here let's talk about hunter tyson i thought he got some stuff going in this game um and we haven't spent a lot of time talking about him. he plays 27 minutes tonight he gets a game high 19 points he grabs four rebounds two assists one steal goes three of seven from the three-point line and the thing to me dev dynamic he had some things that were beyond just catch and shoot. Like he put the ball on the floor a little bit. He had a dunk. He had some some stuff. He had a fast break. There was a little bit more to his game. And, you know, I think for him, he's a guy that I do think the extra spacing helps him out a little bit. But I think the speed of play from summer league to the NBA, the speed goes up a little bit. And I think he, of all the rookies, is the guy that has most looked uncomfortable with the speed. It is possible that today, going up against even faster players, starters tonight, it is possible that he's starting to adjust a little bit to that tempo. Yeah, you could just see it's like slowly coming to him. And I do think that it was a shock for him about how quick these guys are moving. And um, you're starting to see it, you know, him start to break it down a, a bit more and also use his size, his uh, 
strength and things like that. Like at first, I feel like it was all athleticism that he was going off of, and then the talent, of course. But now he's like, okay, I'm gonna you know operate in space, or I'm gonna use these other things. And he's not a guy that hangs his head at all. Like he could have just been like, hey, this is just too much for me. But he's like, okay, I'm gonna get into different ways. I'm gonna work you know hard on the rebounding when my shot's not falling. I'm going to try to get to the, you know, to the lane and, and things like that. So he just adds a bit more to his game. And right now you're starting to see it slow down for him. Yeah. The first couple of preseason games, I didn't feel like Hunter was playing with the same confidence. Not that at he all. Had at Summer league. The light seemed a little bright. I think the athleticism, the speed of the game kind of threw him off a little bit. But you saw him hit a couple shots tonight. And I think you saw that swagger and confidence from Summer League return. And... I think it was important for him to have a game like this. Yeah. Can I tell you the turning point? There actually is a turning point. The dunk? Uh, the dunk? No, it well, wasn't this game. He has a good oh, game all night. Oh, Tory Craig in his face. Tory Craig gets in oh, his face? you're right. To be, to be fair, he got in Tory Craig's he face. Did, and you know what's yeah, funny? Yeah, is when I went back and ready. rewatched the yeah. game, Tory and him were going at it, man. They were like <laughs> hitting each other. Uh in each other, like running down the court and like yelling at each other. It wow. was a thing that was building up. And honestly, maybe that's what it took. I know this is maybe. a silly take, but no, I honestly man. think there's something to He's, you're yeah. a little nervous, and then somebody like gets in your face and you're like, What am I nervous? Fight or flight gets right. in there, and it's like, all right, the I got Paul fight. Yeah, he's an emotional player. Yeah. He's a guy who like plays his heart out and I don't think it's the craziest take. No. Maybe he did need something like that because Tonight, he was playing with a little more fire, a little more passion, and that's something that was missing up until that Tory Craig altercation. One thing I find kind of interesting about Hunter is he, he's not, he doesn't actually strike me as a specialist. There's, he can shoot, but there's a little bit more to, I don't know how much you want him doing this on the Nuggets, but he puts the ball on the floor, his pull up kind of looks smooth, his pump fake. Uh, I, I feel like I'm making good points, and the hat is making it really tough. But the, like, <laughs> he doesn't need much room, like a little pump fake, and then a, and then the fall away. Like it all actually, there are a lot of guys who can do two to three things well in the NBA, and when they color in between the lines, it looks ugly. And there's something to Hunter's game that it's more than just stand beyond the perimeter. Mm. Having said that, I don't know how much of it is directly translatable to an open role on right, the team right. right now. He's a development, I think. He's a development guy. But he needs yeah. There's something too, like. I, you know, when he's at Summer League, go ahead and explore your game. Yeah. You know? I, I think I honestly think that is exactly it in that he's shown a little bit for me to be like, there is a player in there. There's a player in there. But he is going to have, I do think he's going to take a little strength. I think he yeah. probably doesn't have to get he, stronger. He looks way smaller out there now than he looked at Summer League. For, for, for sure. sure. Yep. For sure. That's actually, to me, it's one of the biggest things about the NBA. I always yeah. say this, but at the draft, like Zeke Naji, I just remember thinking he was DeAndre Jordan in college because <laughs> all the highlights, he just looked sure. bigger than everyone. And Rebounded then to, everything. Yeah, and then you get to the NBA and you're like, oh, he's like undersized in right. the center. Right. So Julian Strother looks bigger than Hunter Tyson. He know? does. And it's funny because they actually like, are probably similar bigger. sizes. You know what it is? It's hair. I think hair makes a person look bigger. <laughs> no, but Hunter's Hunter's Hunter below his like his neck down is skinny. Mm-hmm. Male form corner. It's, it's been a minute. Corner. It's been a minute. It's yeah. Strother just like has a thicker uh-huh. build. Yeah, he does. I mean, he is though. Strother has a, a really yeah. like sturdy build to him. That's part of what I like. I love Jurassic Park. Have I ever told you that? Yeah, you went as what I wear oh, and yeah, wearing yeah, right yeah. now for Reggie Halloween. Reggie Lurie has had Halloween. Yeah. You know, it's one of those movies that there are people that really like it. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. Hunter Park or, or uh, Jurassic Park. I really uh-huh. like it. 
Um, no I, reason at all, right? We just a quick tangent. No, because Voles looks like the, he he, he yeah, looks like he started. Uh-huh. Um, no, Hunter tonight. I I mean, I just liked it. The shot, the balance, all those things, and I I really do think there is something to him and Pickett both to me look like guys that are trying. Their number one focus is not making mistakes. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can't succeed that way. You can't make mistakes. Like that's the the balance of this is you actually can't go out there and screw up. But when you're so focused on that, it takes away. And I think with Pickett, there's a lot of that. Um, it's part, in my opinion, of why he's not getting into things a little bit quicker. I mean, some of this is just I think it's a real concern of whether or not he can do that at speed at the right time. Right, right. But but there is a level of it where it's like he has two total turnovers so far in the preseason and all the minutes he's played. He's trying so hard not to turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And I think with Hunter Tyson, there's a level of that that I do think the Tory Craig thing may be like, if if there is if we are drawing drawing a parallel, it might have been that he was like, you know what, I'm gonna come out here and not make any mistakes, but also not make an impression. F it, let's go, and, and let's go into attack mode. So I liked it. Um, just really quickly because I know we talked about it at the top, but Julian Strother, three of eleven tonight. So we didn't shoot the ball well. I mean, do, is there anything else we need to talk about with him, or did we kind of just overview? I like that he took on the challenge on both ends of the floor. Uh, there was a lot of times he was getting switched onto Kawhi, where he's just like. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, but also on the other end of the floor, he was trying to go at him. And also, he has a net of like getting fouled on floaters, um, which I think is just if he could knock those down or continue to get fouled on those, that is going to keep him on the floor as well. But I did like his confidence off- offensively of just like, give me the ball and I'm going to make things happen. And then when the shot didn't fall, he's like, okay, I'm going to go to the floater. So he has like a, a one two punch for himself. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed to play like the same way tonight. Yes, that's a good take. He got the same shots. Yeah. He got to the floater, um, got to the line. I feel like he played his game tonight, just the three-pointer didn't go down. I would say maybe to me, by the end of his minutes, there was a little bit of this game is getting away from us. Look around on the floor. If someone's going to be the guy, it's probably either me or Reggie. And I think there were there was maybe more urgency behind some of his shots, but I'm also okay with that, right? That's the point of scaling up against these guys. And yeah, of the guys on the floor, he is the one that I wanted taking those shots. So mm-hmm. some of it was just maybe a slightly scaled up role against a start starter level. But I, I like the way you framed it up front. There's even through through whatever he didn't do well tonight, he he actually did just look the part still. Yeah. And sometimes it can be that simple. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's the big thing for me. All four games, he's more or less looked the part. I do think his confidence is super high. Even though he missed shots tonight, I think it's super high. Um, and I'll tell you what, this next game's a dress rehearsal. I, I think it's a dress rehearsal. I don't know. I think it'll be a dress rehearsal. I kind of expect he plays. I, I kind would, of expect he I plays on Thursdays plays. Uh, quite yeah, a I would bit. hope he is. I'm not so sure about all the, the other guys, but I think he'll play. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, there's actually two players that I think were super fascinating tonight. Zeke Naji and Peyton Watson. They, I, it's hard to say either one had a great game because it was up and down, but there were peaks. That's what I want to yeah. see. There were some peaks tonight for both guys that were really good. Another part of the dress rehearsal, though. Mike Malone back with the team on Thursday. Oh, that's Full right. dress rehearsal, man. Guys, if you're going to Vegas, looking for a place to stay, check out Circa Resort and Casino. It's Vegas's first ever adults-only casino resort. They've got the world's largest sports book. Seriously. Three-story stadium-style Huge TVs, a big TV. tons of places to sit. They've got food all around there. They got Victory Burger, which we went to way too many times when we were there. Bingo. They've got I'll do it again. an awesome casino. 
all the slots, all the tables you could want. Then they have stadium swim, 4,000 person capacity. We watched a big MMA fight when we were there at stadium swim. All of us just chill. It was an awesome time. Best place to watch sports. So if you're heading out to Vegas for NFL, <laughs> hockey, maybe abs, golden Knights, uh, college tournament, college game, book your stay at Circa Resort and Casino. Get uh, 20% off with the code DNVR20, uh, circasports.com, Circa Resort and Casino. DNVR20 is the code you want to use for 20% off your stay. So uh, the, the chat thinks that you are wearing this because we have a new hat sponsor. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really just a current sponsor. They're Mountain Beach <laughs> from Breck Brew. Well, they were wondering if it's like a new Strother hat. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. <laughs> I was surprised none of you guys got That's it up front. It, it took you guys long enough. Leave it to the chat. The chat's pretty clever. Clever girl. Clever girl. Shout out to that girl. Illegal Pete's. Uh, you know what's really cool about Illegal Pete's? Right now, if you bring a package from your marijuana cartridge, you can get a free queso. Hang on. I'll explain. Available in select Denver area dispensaries from September 20th through October 31st. As of right now. Illegal Pete's and Open are both old school Denver brands and they have connected uh, over 10 years for over 10 years, but they finally got the opportunity to officially partner on a killer cartridge. It is a weed pen. You can find it in select dispensaries. It's not going to taste like queso, but it is going to pair well with queso. And when you bring the package to Illegal Pete's, you'll get a free pair, uh, a free bag of chips with some free queso. What a treat. Am I right, guys? What a treat. All right, back here. Let's talk about uh, Peyton Watson. I actually think he might have been the more interesting guy tonight. I actually, So Peyton Watson, let's run through the stat line real quick. 32 minutes. He played a lot of minutes tonight. He had 11 points, two rebounds, three assists, four steals, and he was a game worse minus 20 in his those 32 minutes. He did shoot just five of 15 from the field, one of two from three. His, he had a nice make. He had a horrible miss. I think one that went long and missed the rim. Uh, and then was 0 of 2 from the foul line, which is, again... A big indicator about your shooting, you know, capability. That being said, the stats to I would give those stats. Like if I was just reading the stat line, that's like a C minus. It's actually not that great. But he did have some plays tonight that I thought were really impressive. He had the drive and drop off. You know, he he just had. I, I don't even want to just go through them. There were a handful of really nice plays that he had, yeah. passes and different breakdowns and different things that I thought were really good tonight. So I think I'm actually encouraged by this game, even if. He still looks to me extremely raw, even tonight. I think that, uh, yeah, he had a few of hi- highlights that were not there in you know the, the previous right. games. Um, he actually passed on a fast break and got it back for a oop. You know, like <laughs> I was shocked to see that. Gross. There was also a time where he could have went up for a finish and dropped it off, where a guy went and got it. You know, yeah, their own dunk. Nice so like those are the plays that it's like, hey, you don't have to score every single time for you to stand out and. I know he went into this game like everyone else is out. This is my time to shine. And you could see that with him taking the most shots on the team. But like I've been saying, I feel like he really is an alpha in every way where they're like, hey, no, we're running the offense through you. Make it happen. Um, so you saw those plays um, where he, where he you know gets to the rim and finishes. Um, but also you saw those plays where it's like, okay, you don't have to do those things. So like there's still those signs of, you know, growth, which is going to come, you know, with more playing. But also, I don't think that this was just, like, all bad the entire time. Um, plus, there's the four steals. You're at the right place. Right. Yeah, he's absolutely flashed every game. Every game, he's had one or two plays where you're like, wow, 
Like that's what Peyton Watson could be. That's the guy we've been hearing about, the all NBA potential defender, the six nine guy with the seven foot wingspan, the modern NBA wing. That's the guy. But he's also just had tons of yes, peaks, but also valleys, man. He's had so many highs and lows within the same game, within the same quarter, within the same possession, even. And um, it's clear to me that he's still definitely a project. He's probably the most raw player on the roster. He right? is the raw yeah. player on the roster. He is the youngest player on the roster. And he looks like that with those peaks and valleys. So there were things I was encouraged by that I saw tonight. But there were also a lot of things where I look at a play and go, man, he's just he's not ready yet. There are a lot of indicators that he's not quite ready yet. And maybe he'll be there midway through the season. Maybe he'll be there at the end of the season. But right now, I think there are maybe too many mistakes to be able to 100% trust him at this point. I think it'd be a little easier if you felt particularly good about one thing on offense. And I wish I could say it's finishing. And it hasn't been. I think it might be the most important skill, and he he's below the curve on That's, it. That's I would agree with that. I like what he's capable of physically, particularly in transition. I don't mind him trying to figure out where and when he should be aggressive in those moments. I There's, love him being aggressive yeah. in transition. Yeah, that's where I can see because his strides are just outrageous. Yeah, uh, but I do think part of what makes him so enticing or maybe tantalizing for now are the physical tools, the profile, and the best way you'd like to see that pop up offensively would be just more dynamic around the rim. And I think right now, even when he gets there, it's a little too um, hit or miss. So I agree. It just, I think the big question, he is not ready. And I think the big question is what's the best <coughs> path forward. Do you mm -hmm. play him through that or, or does he need to sit and watch? Yeah. That's, that's the question I kind of want to ask here because with both him, I guess let's go to Zeke Naji first because I think it pertains to Zeke as well. Zeke had 22 minutes, 11 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals. Uh, he goes three of nine from the field, O of one from three. One of the storylines, he's not really shooting a ton of threes. He turned down a three tonight. The all preseason, he just hasn't been in position to take a lot of threes. They're almost having him roll more than they're having him pop, or he's just doing that by nature. I'm not sure which yeah. one. But he did turn down an open one yeah. tonight. And he goes 5-5 five five from the foul line, which, again, is important. Like we got to take all of Zeke's numbers shooting-wise uh, in, into consideration here. I'll start with you, folks. You keep going last. But, I mean... Zeke also had some good stuff today. Man, his line is actually pretty good. Five of five. I know he didn't, you know, wasn't affected from the field, but five of five leads the team from the free throw line. Five rebounds, two assists, two steals, and only a minus two. I mean, he wasn't a disaster. The thing with Zeke is the lows look very rough. And I think trying to weigh out all this stuff gets a little tough because sometimes I'm so frustrated by the way things look. Yeah. And then you go, okay, well, there was, you know, maybe he had more utility on the floor than that one possession suggested. Because he doesn't miss layups. He missed, like, it was the worst layup you've ever seen. That's that, that one where right. you're like... Or he's this close to making a great play, and it's just too yeah. tentative, right? Yeah. Always, and that's always so frustrating. But I also think sometimes maybe what he is providing is, like, he has a weird smorgasbord of responsibilities where it's like, hey, man, can you switch one through five, hang out on the perimeter a little bit, but also we need you to get these rebounds though we know you're undersized. Like he's kind of asked, it kind of goes all over the place. So I try not to, I am trying to see what he did well. Um, 
But I do think I would much like Peyton, it would be easier to feel good about him if there was this authoritative finishing around the rim that just looked and felt reliable. Yeah. It's because he's not a center. Man. Yeah. Like that that is just so obvious every time I watch him. He's a four that's been playing five for the last two years and just hasn't really become that. Right. Um, I mean, it's not really all his fault. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought he had some moments tonight, but still it left a lot to be desired. Um, I like what Vote said about him switching one through five because that's his best skill. And that's a skill that can be very important on the second unit because they probably will do that a lot with just the guys they're rolling out there off the bench. And it's something he can do that not a ton of backup centers can. And like that is a very valuable skill, being able to switch one through five. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I was expecting a little more from him than I've seen this preseason. And um, I still think he's a better option than the DeAndre Jordan. That's the thing. Who had five too. turnovers in 21 minutes tonight. Um, but I wanted to see more. I did. Um, when you look at Zeke, you don't want him. Like, I don't think they necessarily need him to be the backup center. They need him to fill the Jeff Green role. So he doesn't have to be perfect. He has to be Jeff Green. So right. what did Jeff Green do? He was a switchable defender. He also dunked the basketball when he was, like, open or when he, you know, rolled to the rim. Zeke is just missing those dunks right now because he just doesn't have that tenacity right now to finish it. But he's also making free throws when he gets there. So, um like, we don't want him to be the backup, but Jeff Green was the, the, you know, a lot of times the backup center, even though he was undersized. You just want him to continue the work and use that strength and then also shoot open threes if they're there. So, like, I, I think that they still feel like they're getting the Jeff Green replacement in Zeke. He just has to continue to work. Yeah. I think with both of these guys, they look really raw. You know, and, and Zeke's been in the league for a while. I think he's going to be a raw player. I don't think Zeke Zeke's should ever... not look raw at this point. Well, though. I mean, yes and no. Like, honestly, Mason Plumlee is a polished decision maker and this or that, but like everything he does looks rough, right? He doesn't, he's not smooth. Zeke, I don't think will ever be smooth. Mm, so some okay, of it I looks raw. Like mean. his layup today is one of those ones where you watch it and you go, like, how can a guy miss a layup that bad as an NBA player? But the, again, his skill set is weird in that he's good at some of these other things. Yeah. And bad at some of these other things, and usually that's not a combo that you see. But here's my thing. I think that with Zeke, there's no one in his way. For better or for worse, I just don't think it'll be DeAndre Jordan. I do think it's weird that they didn't play him with the st- the, unit, the starters tonight, that he came off of the bench. I kind of would have liked to see. I think they wanted to go center to center or something with Zubats. But Zeke, to me, has nobody following him. So I do think there's an easier case. You talked about Braxton Key. I just don't think Braxton Key's really going to get minutes in Zeke Naji's place. I just couldn't see it. No, could, I, I don't think so either. Could there be a scenario where maybe he ends up playing some minutes around Zeke alongside Zeke and sure. they actually look good together sure. as a front court? I could actually see that. Maybe you need that size. But with Peyton Watson, you know, this year was all about him coming. He was one of the most interesting players. And I look at it now and I just go, with Zeke and with Peyton both, does Denver need to give them the runway to just get through whatever this is? Is there? I do think there's something about young players not wanting to lose their spot, and it creates an enormous amount of pressure. I've been in this spot, you know, before where it's like you're playing fifty percent as good as you can because you just know if you screw up, you're going to wreck it. And I do wonder if these guys just need a little air, a little breathing room to say, "Hey, you're going to play for a while. We're going to. It's going to be ugly. The team's behind you." 
Um, versus if we were just saying this was the last preseason game we started on Tuesday, right now I would look at it and go, does Peyton Watson give you a better or worse chance of winning that game? At this moment, I think a worse chance. So I don't know. That's a tough one for me to kind of think about. What do you think, Dev? I think that if you were to just stop right now, there will be no backups anywhere. Like, <laughs> so let's just play the starters 48 minutes. Honestly, Boom. like really, if you think about how many people we're talking, you know, kind of down on or just wanting more out of because it's really about expectation. But you just talk about like there's not many other people there. There's only six guys, seven guys, <laughs> yeah. really, that we haven't really got to see, you know, everyone else. So th- this next game, they are going to have to still like. There is still questions. There's still things that have to be answered, and no one is like that separated themselves from the, the pack. So um, these games are really meaningful. That's why I, you know, we we could spend so much time on this because we want to see more, and I know that the coaches want to see more. Well, what do, what do you think will happen? Forget with what should do you. <laughs> I, I almost don't know if I can predict exactly. I what don't the know what's gonna happen. I, I don't think I, I don't really have a feel for it. I'm I'm with wind there. I will say I feel like there are two different answers for each player here. I think with Zeke you've reached the stage where you gotta play through him. Yeah. Because I don't think yeah. I just DeAndre Jordan isn't gonna get better with time at this point, with much respect to who he's been in his career. And at the very least, if you're flipping Zeke, you gotta know what that asset is, or maybe hope there's value there. There's so much more time, I think, with Peyton. Um, and I think you can at least try other things with with Justin and Xavier or even Staggering Mike. With Zeke, I just think there's not much point in putting him back on the shelf at this point. Who is he? What is he? It's time to figure it out. And he is a guy who's been in and out, in and out, in and out. And the one thing, the one thing he definitely hasn't had is an extended runway. So I, I think you gotta play him. Peyton, I think you can. I'm not going to lose sleep if it's Justin Holiday to start the year. Yeah, with, with Zeke, I think we know what's going to happen. He's going to be the backup center. I, I think that's pretty clear. And I think that's a fine way to start the season. He's a better option than the Andre Jordan, I think. Um, with Piwat, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to be in the opening night rotation. If it was up to me, I would have him in the opening night rotation. See how it goes and then make adjustments from there Um, because the Nuggets don't need anything from Peyton Watson to win another championship. They don't, but if they did get something from him, that would be a huge bonus because it would set them up to, to really build a dynasty. Um, But the Peyton situation is tough. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. I do wonder if it's almost better for his confidence not to be out there right away. I mean, Denver has some tough games right out of the gate. You know, Lakers are going to be a tough emotional game on opening night with, I think, a little bit more tactically taxing than most game ones. Yeah. You know, just because there's there's familiarity and, and, and this or that. And then you go on the road to Memphis, it's going to be a tough place to play. So I do think that it's a tough start. And maybe it's a thing where it's like, look, he's it's a long season. He's going to play. If we start him out, out the rotation, then when he gets in, it feels a little more comfortable. I think there's an argument... Um, to be made there, but but yeah, both guys. I just think it's it's going to be interesting to see how Michael Malone handles it. It's interesting also that Michael Malone's been gone. You know, the guy yeah. who ultimately makes the decision. I know he's watching these games and he's evaluating. But I mean, look, you know this. It's just when you're around the team, you have a better feel for what what's what. And also, if there's ever a time where a coach is excused to be checked out, I don't know if he is or isn't. But it, you know, this is a legitimate yeah. thing that he's going through. So. 
Um, let's take a break. On the other side, just quick about Justin Holiday because I am curious what you guys thought about him tonight. Uh, and then we'll talk about Calvin Booth's uh, clarification. When you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. And the coolest, the coolest thing about Bax and Shanker is you don't pay them any money until they win your case. No upfront fees, no fees while they're working on your case, no fees unless they win your case. And they do that a lot. They've won over $1 billion for their clients. They have neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, Fort Collins. They've got the strength and power to win your case with 30 lawyers and over 100 people on their staff. So give these guys a call uh, for any type of injury case where you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, ride chair, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help you if you're injured at work. Call them today, 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. Alrighty, we're back. Final segment here. Um, just really quickly, Justin Holiday played 20 minutes. This is in more in his role. He went one of six. He had three points, one rebound, one assist, two steals. He was a minus 12. Um, I'll be honest, my biggest Justin Holiday note today is that I didn't notice Justin Holiday. Ah, I don't note. think Justin Holiday is very good, man. <laughs> he's a camouflage player. <laughs> I, I don't think he's a very good basketball player. I mean, we saw him in this role. Like, I, I look, he hasn't stood out in a bad way at all this year either for me so far in the preseason. I have no Justin Holiday notes, man. But is that the note in and of itself? Yes, is yeah. that you put him on this lineup and it's like, all right, that's not that inspiring. He's probably an easy cut, or is he a guy that? When I when I see Justin Holiday, especially in these type of settings, um, or just before this, when the starters are all there, I wish that Peyton Watson could have got those minutes because I would like to see Peyton Watson alongside other people that can score or like that he knows there's a pecking order because every time Peyton Watson's out there, he's the guy. So he's always trying to generate or make things happen offensively. But if you put him next to Jokic, next to Jamal, um, KCP, Aaron Gort, I feel like he would naturally become a defender. That's the role that you want him in. That's what he would mentally get into. So I feel like while you know what you're getting with Justin Holiday, why not tinker with these lineups and matchups where you could get, you know, something I think you could get a longer run at Peyton Watson. On Justin Holiday himself, camouflage. He's always just around and it's not good or bad. I do think that I feel like whoever you put in that, you could just fit in and that's that's what makes him a vet. He knows how to not stand out in the wrong ways. Um, but also, he doesn't have to do much, maybe knock down some threes, which we're not even seeing him take them. Um, so, like, you have a guy, and you need guys for minutes. Nothing. Yeah, I just – I Nothing. I'm not excited to watch Justin Holiday anymore. <laughs> I, I will tell you what. Great guy, we, good vet, great locker room dude, but I don't know. As we've gone through Peyton and Justin, I kind of want to circle back to my Braxton key take. I don't know. I mean, he we, stood out more than any. We seem particularly yeah. uninspired by the other two options. I want to circle back to Reggie Jackson. Okay. okay. Um, Reggie Jackson scored 15 points tonight. Shot six of 12. Did not have any turnovers. I thought he started off this game with a couple rough possessions, but after that, I actually thought he settled in, and I actually get what Reggie Jackson would look like on the Nuggets bench because the Nuggets bench will need somebody to put up buckets. It will need somebody to put points on the board. Yeah. And Reggie Jackson can do that. He's actually done that somewhat efficiently in these last two preseason games. Now, there's been some shaky moments, and I think there will be shaky moments with Reggie handling the ball as much as he will 
potentially on that second unit. But that group with a Zeke Naji, with maybe a Peyton Watson, with a Justin Holiday. There's not a lot of buckets. They will need somebody to put points on the board, and Reggie Jackson will try to do that, and there will be a bunch of nights when he does do that, like he did tonight. So I I get it with Reggie. I like I think I get it with him. I have uh I've changed my view of how I'm watching Reggie because I've now come full circle <laughs> on that as well. That I'm just like, you know what? He's not a backup point guard. He's a score. If Bones was here, he would be a yeah, score with yeah. that second unit. That I'm like, he doesn't have to run the offense because that's not what they want him to do. He's out there to score the basketball. Mm-hmm. And while it looks crazy, he he for somehow every time is like 50%, knocks down some threes, you know, tough floaters. And there's going to be a lot of smack your lips moments. But what backup point guard doesn't have that? Or just gunner in, in that sense. Um, but right now, if you just stopped right now, he's over Pickett. And, you know, he's going to go into the year over Pickett. He's already been there. But this game kind of solidified it. You need somebody to score in that backup unit. Call on Reggie. I mean, he does remind me of Bones insofar as as long as the shots are falling, it's cool. But I just don't know that I love the dynamic. I mean, especially if you're going to play Strother, who has some pop. I mean, I think I would feel I think the thing that would make me change how I feel about Reggie is like if he had put three games together here where he had five assists and one turnover. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's you not know? his game, though. It's just, but it's that's not. the thing. Yeah. So that's I don't know. Yeah, like we saw Reggie when he hit the shots this preseason, and if he does that, cool. But I'm I am prepared for stretches where he's not hitting the shots, and it just doesn't look good. I mean, because that's just how it's going to go. I mean, yeah. he was six of twelve tonight. It was like probably a little bit above average. He's probably a five of twelve guy. And the thing about Reggie is they don't match. Like he makes ones he's not supposed to, misses ones he's supposed to. It's just kind of almost feels like complete and total random when a shot goes up. I mean, the three he hit today with a hand in his face with the high arc was like, that was a no-hoper, nothing but net. You're right. just like, I don't know what to make right. of this. Right. He's, yeah, he just right. makes he's these hit shots, man. He's hit shots, yeah. and the second unit will need that. They will yeah. need to get bailed out I, like that. I think they're going to have an, that identity for most of the year, for por- portions of the year. I do hope that they find a different identity before long, but I will say this. I think it's a regular season problem. I do think there are bench sure. lineups you get to in the playoffs totally. that are just like Jamal totally. Staggers, and then you have a couple other guys around, and that's what that is. All right, let's close out the show though, and then get home because it is almost it is midnight, guys. Jesus, let's Christ. close out the show by talking <laughs> about Calvin Booth's comments. Do you have those pulled up? When do you want to just kind of read read what he said? He hopped on. So if you don't know the story, in fact, I will go ahead and say this: I think most people listening to the show right now won't know the story. The people listening live will, but the people listening to this podcast form or what? Because I don't think this was a big story. I think it was kind of a small story. It was, and then it felt like it went away, and now it feels like it's back. And it back. circled back. So uh, Calvin Booth did an interview with Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer, very well-known writer. And in it, it's a very long uh, article about Denver trying to build a uh, dynasty, not just trying to repeat, but, hey, here are the plans. And if you really wanted to summarize what it was about, it was Calvin Booth's philosophy, how he builds a roster, what does, how does he approach these questions, and why did he make the roster the way it is this year following a title? And it was because he views this as like a five-year plan. He doesn't view this as we have to go back-to-back. He views it as we have a chance to do that, but we have an even better chance to be have the window open for a long time. That's, the, that's it. But there were a couple quotes in there that were pretty controversial. We've talked about them a little bit yesterday. Um, this went fake viral. This went fake viral, meaning it was a big story 
to a very specific type of, of person, a diehard NBA fan, and in particular, a diehard Denver Nuggets fan, that did not reach outside of a pretty small bubble. The media was aware of it, and the most diehard members of fans are aware of it. But we know this just from being in media. Like I look at the numbers every day. I am obsessed with numbers with DNVR and All City because I, it's my job to be obsessed. People haven't quite tuned into the NBA just yet. They haven't quite tuned in. So this was a small story, but then Calvin Booth hopped on the broadcast today to clarify these yeah. were his comments. He said, quote, under no circumstances would I make or approve of those kind of comments for public consumption. It's not my character as a person or executive, and I think it's an unfair characterization of Michael and Bones, Michael Porter Jr. I think Bones is a great kid, has a bright future ahead of him, a charismatic player in our game, and obviously Michael is a core piece of our program with his character and offensive and defensive prowess. So I think that was unfair for those things to be put out there, and hopefully it doesn't happen in the future. What do we make of this vote? Of this whole story? Well, first of all, I just think that that he spoke on it at all is maybe the biggest thing to key in on, and whether or not there was, whether or not that helped anything. Right. This regard, you know, there's a there seems to be a major premise here that there was a misunderstanding about what was on or off the record. Right. And I think regardless of whether you accept that major premise or not, like let's call this what it is: damage control. You know, did it help or not? I. I do think maybe it seemed to have raised more questions than it did answer them. I think it maybe extended a story that was ready to die. Um, but also perhaps the reason, you know, there, there's something to the fact that he felt so inclined to speak on it at all. You know, perhaps there were rippling effects, you know, within the organization. Who knows? But I would say it's just most interesting that he felt like the damage con control should be public in this instance. And it was either more than, if not just a private phone call with Porter um, and I just, I'm not sure if that was the best move, but that's also really easy to say in hindsight, having seen the reaction played out. Yeah. yeah. He didn't take back the comments. Sure. Didn't he didn't retract them. And so I think from that, I have to think this is a argument of what was on the record and what was off the record. It sounds like there's two possibilities. Yeah. One, it was not on the record and, and Kevin O'Connor published it Yeah. or one, it was on the record and Calvin was just kind of loose or unaware or wasn't locked in to, hey, I'm talking to a reporter. I need to make sure what I'm saying. Yeah. One of those two things is true. And we probably won't know unless this story does get bigger, <laughs> yeah. which is now so, more yeah. possible than before. We got Kevin O'Connor's side of it, which is the quotes that were published on the record quotes. Right. And this is Calvin Boots' take on it, that obviously that stuff was not supposed to be made public. So. Right. That's just kind of where it's at right now. Yeah, I think they were both right. I think that <laughs> really, right. I think that one person did their job. Uh, they got a they got quotes and they used the quotes. One person thought that the quotes weren't going to be out there, and I mean, he, he says it with the like public consumption part. That's the one that part that throws right. me off. I think that he said what he said, and also like Vote said, I, I wish that he would have just called. Michael Porter Jr. and just said, hey, this was in hindsight and left it at that. I don't feel like you needed to go on a national broadcast and, you know, clear the air or anything like that, because I think that now there's sides to it all. Honestly, I just can't wait till this whole portion is done so you don't have to choose a side, um, because I, I I hope that people, you know, are still getting quotes from, you know, people that are mm -hmm. higher up and, and you get to see that side of them. Um, but also, I, I feel like if you come out with a quote, I feel like media, you should be able to run with that. So 
I really do think that everyone's right. And um, you said, I feel like Calvin Booth said some things that he really did feel. And this is not something that Michael is hearing for the first time or Bones is hearing for the first time. So this is the funniest part about all of this is that it's like not like anything was said that wasn't that isn't like known. It's just but it is yeah. there's decorum about does that's, this stuff go public, yeah. which is understandable. But at the same time, we're making this like, can you believe what he said? Michael Porter has struggled with his defense. And you're like, <laughs> what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> what are we doing? Right. And as far as the impact of it, you know, I think Past actions speak far louder than assumptions or concerns. Yeah. And I say that as someone who's very quick to defend Michael on his behalf, not that I know him, when maybe he doesn't need that, right? right. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. Michael's past actions in this context would suggest that he's simply going to put his head down, work hard, and play basketball. Because that's all he's been about in Denver. So. I think Michael Porter will be okay. I'm I think sure. so, too. This I is think why, he's fine. Here's, yeah, that's what here's, I'm saying. here's my only take on the situation. I hate this story, and I, hate, I just think it's so dumb. I don't think it's a story. I would almost rather uh, not talk about it, but at the same time, I do feel like we have an obligation to talk about these new stories. You don't want to feel yeah. like you're you know, protecting the organization or this or that in a way that compromises you. That being said, I do think this is a dumb one that, unfortunately... We would have only talked about this the one time we did and never talked about it again. And now we're talking about it again. And if now it's almost like a game. The one thing I'll say is that this almost now puts the ball back in Kevin O'Connor's court where it's like, does he respond to this now? And whether he does or doesn't, I have no idea what the right move is for him or what he should do or if that's best for his career or any of these types of things. But if he does, guess what happens? We have a third day of talking about the story, and this is the thing. Oh, please, no. And this is what I'm saying is that, to me, this was such a story that, again, we speak to people that care about these types of stories. That's our job. Like We we are the people that we cover this team every day. We cover them in the offseason on every freaking day where there's no news. We cover this team. And it's be- that is crazy how we do that. And it's because we have, there, there is a percentage of the fan base. Like we capture a wide part of this, especially, you know, like say the playoffs or this or that. It's like a very wide net in the regular season. It's a medium net in the off season and the preseason. It's a very small net of people that care about the day to day stories. And this is one of those ones that only reach those. And we look, we know this from being in media. It feels like everyone on earth is talking about you when you're the main character. And it sucks. It sucks being the main character for something you don't want to be the main character of. When you're a front-facing person, whether it's media or with a team, it's going to happen to you. But at the same time, everybody was not that many people. It really just wasn't that many people. It was like 50 people. And now it's 100. And it's like, and if this thing goes back and forth tomorrow, it it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So for me, I hate the story. I don't think it's that big. Calvin Booth, I think, uh, learned a valuable lesson through this. A a young GM who's inexperienced learned a valuable lesson through all of this. The whole back and forth, well, how is this guy going to feel? How is that going to feel? I don't know. We'll wait and see. And if that happens, it'll be a story. If not... You you know what I, I actually feel pretty confident saying is like... If you know you're you're worried, like does Calvin see the value in Michael Porter Jr. on this team? Yes, he does. Yeah, of course. Of <laughs> course. Oh, dude, we know that Cal is a MPJ believer, man. Right. He, he likes that. Guy. When we talk about the work ethic, you yeah. know, it's, yeah. that's the biggest thing they say. <laughs> I just love that uh, people are like, "This is gonna mess up free agency." He's gonna think about this a whole year from now. <laughs> I know. Like, 
I'm telling you, well, man, Bruce Brown thing. might not come back to the Nuggets, but yeah. <laughs> he might not. But at the same, probably not Bones either. But I'm just saying they would have never. There's so many things you could go back in time and be like, remember what a big deal this was? And you're like, I oh, don't even man. remember. We, it. That'd be yeah. a good podcast, actually. Go yeah. back all the like crisis that were things that were I, bigger deals Mike, than they actually were. I have Mike a list of things me. I did that I'm very grateful you guys forgot about. <laughs> that'd be list. another good podcast. What's yeah. the dumbest player? We were like, he's not getting minutes. Malone's not playing him, and it turns out is there was a good reason for it. What's the dumbest one? People were all in on Bobo. <laughs> You're right. Oh, it's Bobo. Oh, yeah. It's of course Bobo, who, yeah. by the way, might not make it out of camp in Phoenix. Oh, the Ooh, poor yeah. Bobo story. All yeah. right. Um, I saw that coming. Guys, it's tomorrow. Let's go ahead and go to bed. Everybody, the sickos. Pat, your, pat yourself on the back. Oh, man. Super chatting on today. The real sickos. But I'm, I'm serious about this. Pat yourself you. on your back, man. You love the same things we love. We love this dumb team and thinking about them in all these weird ways. You guys are real ones. Five, 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 five ish. This one's for all the sickos that stayed up for the delayed tip off the whole game and are in this live Man, chat. I love you guys. This was fun. I had fun. This is who we do it for. That's so true. Drunk philosophy. Because my boy five, 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 five ish isn't here to give it, and I know he would have wanted to. Oh, contraire. Thanks for the entertainment all summer, boys. Nug life. Thank you, drunk philosophy. Thank you. Steve May. Bring on the tarot card lady. Man, I got a message. You shall I know. Receive. I think it's going to be Friday. Ariana, hit us up. <laughs> I wrote her. I haven't heard back. But I think we're going to be doing it Friday, guys. Nice. One of the best episodes of the year. And like I said, special guest on Monday that is going to uh, it's going to shock you. I it's think it gonna, will shock you, actually. It's a shiny guest. Shiny it's a very guest. shiny guest. A golden opportunity. <laughs> right, everybody, hit that like button on the way out. Go to bed. We'll see you tomorrow.